Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a while Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, FamilyPetAncestry.com. You're probably already there. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song with his wife, Sarah, that you just heard. He's going to sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and Vilmos works on JackieCation.com the website. There are many ways to support the show. The Amazon link is one. You can use an Amazon link from JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com to go to Amazon. You order like normal and it supports the show. There is a straight up donation button, PayPal or Venmo to this uh, email address that is mine, Jackie at JackieCation.com, where you can just donate to the show if you like the show a lot. I think PayPal has figured out a way to do a monthly. If you want to go monthly, please do. Other ways to support the show if you want to is you can buy merch. There's Dork Forest t-shirts and all the shirts are union made here in America. So they run a little big. Union Bayside. So if you want to look up their size chart. And then the other merch is my stand-up merch. On JackieCation.com, you can watch me do stand-up. You can look at my schedule and the stand-up merch, a couple of different t-shirts, couple of different enamel pins, and all my CDs and my DVD. If you want to live stream my DVD, it's over there at ComedyFilmNerds.com. They have a live streaming capability, or you can get a hard copy of the DVD on my website. Oh, there are premium episodes at Bandcamp. TheDorkForest.Bandcamp.com has probably 10 episodes that were done live. They cost me a couple of bucks to make, so I charge you a couple of bucks. If you've run out of regular episodes, go over to TheDorkForest.Bandcamp.com and get some more. Other than that, I say this. Let's get into the show. Scentbird! It's a perfume! There's going to be an ad for it later. There's going to be a discount. It's a monthly subscription for scents, colognes, and perfumes. And you're going to get 50% off later in the show. Let us get into it on that note. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I am in my living room. It's a swapping of podcasts because yes. it was so fun to do yours. Uh, Judith Stevens, welcome to the Dork Forest. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I did yours, Women of Marvel, yes. when I was in New York City, and I got an awesome tour of Marvel, and uh, I got to talk about Marvel, and uh, things were fun. So <laughs> you are now in the Dork Forest, and your name is Judith Stevens, and you have a podcast called Women of Marvel, and you are on Twitter and Instagram at... OMG underscore DJ underscore Judy. Correct. There we go. It'll be in the notes. You people will figure it out. You're, <laughs> you're, you're Rangers. You got this. Okay. You are, we were just talking when, on your podcast about what you might dork out about. Yes. And it turns out there are many things. I like a lot of things. But we chose cosplay because I haven't had a cosplay dork on in forever. So let us discuss. How did it happen? Let's go back. So, I mean, I guess everyone has those uh, has that story of the first time they wore a Halloween costume when they were a kid. Yeah. Um, I remember wanting... My mother made clothing. She sewed. Oh, so, God. Yeah. So this is how I uh, eventually learned how to sew and make costumes. Right. Um, and so my mother made me when I was like one... Obviously, I don't remember it. Uh, a pumpkin. I was a pumpkin. Right. But, <laughs> but she I, made it. She made it. I still she, exists. It's she in, was like, the reason why that is now available for purchase. Yes. <laughs> now, now you... You can like now you can go to the store and buy a Captain Marvel costume. Where was that costume? Well, like where was that when oh, I was talk a child? To talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. We just did. We had shitty ones. I'm a hundred years old. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, I so when I when I moved to college, um, I met some people that liked anime and manga, and I at the beginning thought just like a lot of people think about cartoons is that it's for kids. It's not worth it. And then I watched uh, an anime called The Perfect Blue, which is this really deep and intense anime yeah. about like a guy who stalks this like. Um, um, pop model and I was like and I went home and then I watched Ghost in the Shell and then I watched like I watched all these like super in-depth animes and I was like oh this is cool then I went to a convention in 2004 which and one which one it's called Anime North it is now like a like a 50,000 person con but when I went it was like three or four thousand people realized I people, love a three or four thousand right? people con it's it's like it's still intense but it's funner because you can meet more people. Yeah. And back then, like, there were... So back then, Naruto was, like, the thing. Like, right? it's still 
sort of popular now, but it was, um, so everyone it was, was just 300 episodes then. Now, <laughs> yeah, now right. it's six. <laughs> yes. Oh, now it's like 5,000. Okay. Uh, so, so, so I saw people put costumes on. Yeah. And so then I was like, I want to wear a costume. And then eventually, uh, and I was going to school for photography at the time. Okay. So uh, I was like, oh, okay, I can wear costumes, but I can also take photos of these people because I think it's super fascinating. Right. So, and, and who wouldn't love a really good picture of themselves in costume, right? And back then that wasn't a thing that existed. Exactly. I mean, there were just people snapping pictures and, and you're like, but you're trained to take pictures. Okay. Go ahead. I'm well, sorry. What, but also, like, if you think about it now, people like Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr, none of that existed. Okay. So this what is, are we talking about? 2004? This or? is 2004. Okay. Facebook didn't even exist. Right, right. Wow. So wow. I went I went, home, I went back to school and I was like, I was doing a, the- my thesis at the time was about like uh, uh, all documentary stuff. And I was like, what if I added this additional topic about cosplay? <laughs> and my professor was like, okay, whatever you want to do. <laughs> so I eventually started going to more and more conventions. And in 2006, I went to this con called Otacon, which is like one of the largest cons on the East Coast now. How does it, how are you spelling that? O-T-A-K-O-N. Okay. So what otaku, yeah. this is where it comes from. So an otaku in Japan is a, almost a derogatory term for... Or a, f- a person who's too fan of something. Oh, okay. A little, oh, maybe a dork. Yes, yes. But like, Assholes but embrace kind of, it. But so what they've done is they've reclaimed the word. Yes. Yeah, so Americans reclaim the word. Yes. Interestingly enough. Yes. Uh, and so now it becomes like, for, I don't know, honestly, maybe people still use it now. Like, I'm a little, like, when we first started going to cons, we were like, otaku, that's a thing that we are. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so uh, <clears throat> I was at this con in 2006. I was sitting, uh, there's like this famous meeting place called the, by the fountains. And I was sitting there and I watched two people in a Final Fantasy costume talk to a guy in a Trigon, Trigon costume. And they were like hugging and they were like being really like personable. And I was like, oh, they all know each other. Oh. There's a community here. It's not yeah, just yeah. a bunch of random people showing up. And I was like, oh, I want to be a part of that. So I went back home, uh, okay. New York, went back to New York from D.C. and posted on this uh, website called Cosplay.com. Right. And there was a New York City like sub like subgroup. Yep. And I was like, hi, I'm a photographer. I want to take <coughs> pictures of people. That's really cool. <laughs> and I uh, met this New York City scene. Right. Um, and from there met, uh, honestly, some of my best friends that like, my best friend like now who I like at one point we lived together and now she's married and like, but. Oh my God. See, and that's the, that's the good part of the internet. That's why the internet was created so that uh, nerds and dorks could meet each other and, and, and fall in love uh, as people. Yeah. So, uh, it's not for Nazis. Fuck, fuck those people. Anyway, we were here first. We, we were, were here first. It's our nerd thing. Take your white supremacy and shove it up your ass. Okay, so um, this is so awesome. So you still weren't dressing up. I or was. Or you were a little bit? I was, but I wasn't making anything yet. Okay. So okay. I, I came back from um, from Otacon, and I, and I was still living in New York. I was going to school, and I went to I reach out to my mother, and I was like, Mama, can you make me a costume? <laughs> so she made me this bleach costume, which... What's bleach? Bleach is like an anime, like... Naruto where it's like a really it was like a big manga at the time that okay. got made into an anime and then it became a thousand episodes or whatever right right and it was when you start just like when you have to explain comics when you start to explain anime it is very complicated and convoluted it's basically a bunch of like Shinigami, which are like spirit like hunter guys and yeah. they have powers and swords and things like that and then it gets really complicated right <laughs> is it mostly about now I just did an episode where one of the dorks was was an anime dork and uh, and I said is because Naruto for me is about friendship and um, and then they hover in the sky and fight each other. <laughs> yes, and, um, for like five episodes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and he said, well, you've just summed up most of anime because it's mostly about friendship. Is Bleach also about friendship to some extent or no? What is it? I mean, yeah. Oh, God, it's been so long since I... But yes, there's like a main guy called Ichigo and he uh, like becomes... God, I can't... And what is Bleach? I feel like the though? internet is going to... I don't even know where Bleach comes from. I feel like <clears throat> the internet is going to tell me that I'm like... Well, oh, fair enough. It's probably been 10 years years since I watched a Bleach right. episode. So we don't have to go into yes. it. If yes. you know a lot about Bleach, celebrate that. Yes. Live in your knowledge. Correct. And uh, and feel free to email me if you need to. Because uh, sometimes people do. They need to tell me yes. what it is. And I don't... I don't I, I want to know. Uh, I don't know how long I'll retain it, but please do tell me. <laughs> and r- r- Rangers know that. Anyway, so... Um, 
Okay, so it was a bleach costume, though. So, so one of the characters. Yes. So it, it, she did this. This thing would happen where she would use like flower petals, and she would like it, it would pop up on her skin. So I wanted to do something with a little makeup. Okay. So this was like two thousand and six, two thousand seven, and my mom made me like the coat, and then I wear like a pair of black leggings. And, okay. Like, an under thing, and that was like I wouldn't call it my first cosplay, but it was like. The steps to like, I like this. This is fun. Yeah. And then through my friends that I had met through like the cosplay.com, like subgroups and stuff like that, um, I ended up moving in with uh, with two girls. One of them, the, one of them is Sarah, my best friend, and and the other one, Marianne. And they were like making group costumes, and they were like, "You want to be a part of a group?" And I oh, was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, like like Powerpuff Girls or something. I like, mean, like yes. you could be like three characters from a thing, yeah, together from the same thing, and you and you and I, go around cons together. Correct. Awesome. And so, someone to go to lunch with too. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like you're you're like in costume together. It in, it it. Um, encourages you to finish the costume, which oh, is right. always a struggle. <laughs> All cosplayers at home can oh, under, really? under yes understand that, that the, makes- the amount of times that well, this is a good story because these these girls that I was friends with were very good at not finishing costumes on time, <laughs> and so we would get to the con and we would be like Thursday night painting or sewing or doing I mean I've had friends bring their sewing machines on the plane and sewing. Oh, this is like crazy stuff. Wait, not like laptop sewing, like on the plane. Well, I sewing? think it's more of like a joke that they had. Oh, the, they enough. brought the plane. Yeah, yeah. They brought the sewing machine. Right, right. But I would love to have somebody break out like a not an electric one, even but like though, a battery powered sewing battery machine. Battery powered sewing. There's machine. like those hand, those weird hand. Yeah, machines. yeah. I, don't know, but anyway. I would not say. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so like we 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 wore this costume together, and then we got photos together because at this point, um, I was starting to become a little bit more known as a photographer in the community. Right. And through that, I met more and more and more people. Um. I mean, growing up, I was very shy, but for some reason, by the time I was in college, I would go up to random people in costume and I'd be like, hey, can I take your picture? (laughs) And back then it wasn't really like nowadays. It's like, there's so many photographers, so many cosplayers. It was like, you know, and there's, everyone has like places to post, but back then, like it was basically Flickr and Facebook. That was all. And back, and even at that point, there were no like Facebook, like, um, groups or stuff. Well, like, oh, the groups, I don't even think existed. There wasn't like a, you couldn't make like a a business page and post your photos. Okay. So you you're posting them in your own personal galleries. Right. This is so great that, that I mean, I that's that's the thing about your dorkdom is that when you can find, if you could find three other people, you'll they'll know three people and then you'll know seven people and then you will have friends. You will have people that like you who like something you like and then you're not alone, you know, because you, that's, that's the hardest part when you're a kid is that you always feel alone. And so this is so great that you were a shy kid and, and now you're, some of your best friends yeah. are, are those cosplay people. That's I mean, awesome. I, I have such a great group of friends, all thanks to cosplay. And some of us don't, I mean, obviously we all still make costumes. Yeah. Nothing of the level that we used to do. And we still do groups, and we but our groups are like fun groups. Like we did a couple of years ago at Dragon Con, which is this big, huge convention down in Balt, uh, not Baltimore, in, in Atlanta, Atlanta? Yeah. on Labor Day weekend. We <clears throat> did links, like Link from Legends and Zelda, yeah. and we all did colored like things. Like someone was like polka dot Link, and I was Rainbow Link, and then we had like oh, Green Link and nice. like Mint Link, and then we went around, and obviously we were drinking, and we <laughs> and our our solo cups matched our outfits. Oh, interesting. Good and we for would. You. Just go around and just yell like like at Link and like, Zelda like, cost, uh, cost. like Link things. Yes, and okay. And there was like twenty so of us, and yeah. we would like descend on the floor and run around <laughs> like crazy people. And it's those. I mean, like obviously, like what we all spent like two or three hours on this costume. Most of it was bought on Amazon. That that is the thing that has changed cosplay. Amazon did not exist when I started. Right, right. You had to make <laughs> your own thing. So now you can buy. Can you buy like? Like if you want to be something that has a tutu, there is usually that color tutu for sale on Amazon. Yeah. So it's a lot easier. Well, and I think what's become more accepted in the community now is that if you don't have the skills to make something, you can yeah. purchase it. You can pay someone yeah. a commission and they'll make you a prop or the physical costume. And that's okay because yeah. like for so long, it was all about like if you made it or not. But I think yeah. that it makes accessibility. Now everyone can be a cosplayer, which I think is great. Which is great. It's it's much more inclusive because I mean, just think I can't sew, but I totally want to dress up as stuff. Right. I mean, that's the fun. I just want to, uh, I, I just want to dress up as stuff. So, 
there's there's sewing dorks and there's knitting dorks and there's and there's embroidery dorks and there's people who want to do this stuff and are very very good at it or aren't very good at it but love it so much they're like mm, this will do because I love doing it and um and if I wanted to do cosplay and it, and it was so sort of narrow that it ha- that I had to make it myself I would probably feel you know super sad that I couldn't do it right and uh, and judged and stuff so it's kind of cool. Or it can get really exp- – I know a guy who was in the Society for Cre- Creative Anachronisms, the SCA, and he would pay this um, – and I think he might still be in it nominally, but um, he – and I might have told the story before. I am so sorry, listeners. So, <laughs> But for a breast cancer SCA benefit, he hired someone to make a purple – not purple, pink. Uh, it was pink uh, because of breast cancer, and it was um, – but it was not felt. It was velvet. Ooh. A velvet um, sort of look from the late 1700s. Oh, so, oh, oh, like a Rococo costume. Yeah, like a full-on oh my God. suit of, of not armor, but like fancy suit that you would wear to a fancy ball, right? Oh, that's amazing. And he looked amazing in it, but it was like a one-off. Like it was a breast kit. I mean, you can't wear that everywhere. And I mean, you could if you would like to, but it might it might <laughs> it might catch up. Oh, I wish, I wish he would wear that more often. Actually, um, but uh, yeah, it was. But that got, but to pay it cost, I believe, a thousand dollars because of the the fabric alone, and then her all of her work. So, but that's pretty you, cheap for a commission, actually. Like what? if you like for those at home, like th- there's always a big talk on the internet about how much you should pay someone. Yeah, and everyone's time and effort that they put into learning that skill is worth so much time yeah so most commissions i mean you can you can get certain things like there are some people that are uh, more affordable than not and there are people that if you want something of the skill set you can pay like up to 10 grand for like a cost a custom commission if you like if you're like full leather if you want like leds if you want because because nowadays it's not just because if you think look at like video game cosplay it's in the beginning. In the beginning, I was just talking about this the other day because I was at C two E two, which is a convention in Chicago. Okay. And uh, armor back in the day, the only way you used to make armor was like fiberglass or yeah. like uh, there was like one specific like thermoplastic, but the, it was or three D print had just started, but it wasn't like accessible yet. When you saw someone in an armor, it was like, oh my god, it's armor! Oh my god, yeah. it's so cool! How'd you make it? And nowadays, with the accessibility of these thermoplastics, which is basically like a, it's basically like um, yoga mat. It's a yoga mat, okay, and a material. And by using a little heat, it you can form it into right. a shape, and then you can cover it in like different materials to harden it okay. and make it glossy or matte, or you can paint it, or you can carve into it, right? And you can make these epic costumes like Iron Man, and you can make. Um, and you can do things like video game armor and all this stuff. Or you can make props. You can make giant weapons. And because it's foam, it's yeah. lightweight. It's easy to travel with. It's easy to wear because fiberglass was like hard. It was it, it shattered easily if you if like someone if someone accidentally like ran into you and dropped it. It was heavy. And, and also you would need fiberglass is not something you can just do in your living room. Right. So you now should. like through and even I like have done some. I'm, I would not say I'm very good at at foam work. Uh, it, like that's not my thing. Sewing is my thing. It's called foam work. Well, I mean like yeah, yeah. using foam. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now you can buy it online. Uh, you can go to your local Home Depot and buy giant sheets of it like yeah it's it's affordable it's cheap and there are and this is the great thing about the costume community pretty much everyone at, who is like somewhat like known in the community puts like tutorials online okay so you can literally be like how do i do this like how do i make how do i sew a bodysuit how do i make a hat how do i like how do i i want to make my armor look weathered you literally google how do i make how, armor how do i weather weathered. how do i weather foam armor <laughs> There are a hundred YouTube videos. There's tons of like blogs, like step by step. It's literally the most accessible thing in the world. That's awesome. Now you said, now you said that you mostly sew. Yes. So your mom made your first one. So, so she taught you how to sew and then you have since just really gotten into it. Yes. I mean, I, I love sewing. There's something, it's interesting about cosplay. There are people who love to wear something yeah i find cosplay kind of uncomfortable <laughs> what you're wearing it it's not you can't function in until you wear a costume on a convention floor and for you, hours you don't understand the un, the un, like unfunctionality of like wearing a spandex bodysuit every time i use the bathroom i have to take the entire costume off right right because there's no you don't 
had like a flap or a hole yeah. or whatever. Okay. But it, it's totally worth it because, I mean, A, you're, you're enjoying the thing you love. And B, like watching little girls come up to you and be like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Or like watching people come <laughs> to me like when you were in like a scary costume and be like really scared. <sighs> and there's something to said about having people take your pictures. Yes. Um, so I, I, learning how to sew, my mother taught me how to sew when I was very young. I made napkins. Oh, interesting. Which are the easiest thing to learn on. Literally, you cut out a piece of... You learn all the basic skills. You cut out fabric. Yeah. You iron it. Okay. And then you fold the quarters over and you sew. And you like... You basically learn how to basically pin. Right. And 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 like that's so what my mom taught. And then when I was in high school, I took a bunch of classes um, how to sew. And one of them was probably above my like ability to understand, but I took a corseting class. Okay. And so I learned how to make a, a, a Victorian era corset. Uh, wow. Which is, uh, uh, was not quite prepared for it. There was a quite a moment when I was panicking, trying to sew how to this. My mom had to basically be like, step by step, teach me how to do it. So she, it sounds like your mom really is she self-taught or did her mom teach her? Or? Uh, I think my grandma had some basic skills, but because I think Because corsets my- weird. I mean, nobody's making corsets at home. My grandmother used to sew and taught me how to uh, do some sewing, but it was mostly mending. It was not any sort of creating of dresses and stuff like that. So I remember taking home ec. I, again, yes. am a hundred. So uh, we, <laughs> I, hey, had, I had home ec. I wanted to take, I wanted to take shop and they wouldn't let me oh. uh, because I am a girl. So yes. um, I had to take home ec and I had to make a blouse. And so we had to learn how to read a pattern. And so I don't even remember, like if I were to get a pattern now, do you buy patterns? Yes. It's, okay. I, I have a mix of patterning and drafting which is how you draft out your own pattern you make your own pattern drafting okay let's talk patterns first and then drafting my ad my ad my ad i'm about to do an ad hey rangers this is an ad for perfume called scent bird but scent bird is a monthly where you get a bunch of different scents every month and then you could pick what you like and it's just a smaller sample size, but it's still plenty of perfume. It's scentbird.com slash dork, by the way. And if you use my code dork, it's 50% off your first month. So scentbird is S-C-E-N-T-B-I-R-D dot com slash dork for you to try your first perfume or cologne for $7.50. They're all authentic luxury fragrances. It's a subscription service for perfumes and colognes. And it's a way to figure out new perfumes and colognes without buying an entire bottle. There's 450 designer brands to choose from. I actually I had them sent me some. And I like the Dolce & Gabbana Light Blue Eau de Toilette made in Italy. I enjoy the fact that it's a small one because, uh, as you can imagine, Ragers, I don't wear a lot of perfume. But occasionally, it's nice. And this is a great way to try new ones every month. Thanks to Scentbird for supporting the Dork Forest. And with the exclusive order, go to scentbird.com slash dork and use my code dork for 50% off your first month. If you use perfume, whatever scent you're wearing, you have good taste, you know what you like. Possibly your good taste is also expensive and you end up with a shelf full of half-use bottles. Or if you've been wearing the same two perfumes for years because you're going out and buying a new one is a hassle or way too expensive. With Scentbird, there's Tom Ford, there's Gucci, there's Versace, 450 different kinds. So go to Scentbird.com dork and use my code dork for 50% off your first month. And Scentbird is obviously spelled S-C-E-N-T-B-I-R-D.com slash dork. Uh, for you to try your first perfume or cologne for just seven fifty, sign in, sign on, smell amazing. Now let's get back into the show. Go patterns. So uh, I, when I was younger, I was very not good at reading the patterns. Yeah, my, that was the thing my mother always used to yell at me at. I would quickly just like want to do it, but it is really important <laughs> that you read through the entire pattern. Oh, it's like a recipe. Yeah, but the great thing about patterns now is that like back in the back when I was with my mom, like this, sometimes they would make like costume patterns that would like match to what like was like happening at the time. So like I remember there was a couple Lord of the Rings patterns and like maybe some basic Harry Potter stuff. Now like simplicity and and um, uh, McCall's and different... Oh, right. The pattern companies. They are exploding by understanding that cosplay is a thing. And so, like, cosplayers like Yaya Han, who's this really well-known cosplayer, she has her own um, patterns. And she does these things where she'll be like, ask the cosplayers, like, hey, what do you, what pattern are you looking for? And so she's made things like boot covers, gloves, 
corsets, um, like thing for bunny suits because that's a really big thing. People love to make bunny right. suits of everything. Right. Uh, well, uh, the, the, for some reason, the rabbit very very popular. They, uh, actually, Dragon Con <laughs> on Thursday night. Uh, it is a mix of an underwear party where you basically wear your mar- your whatever your character is in underwear, or okay. it is a bunny party. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of people <laughs> in the randomest things that you could like Lord of the Rings bunnies and like like I'm talking about like Playboy bunnies. Right. Okay. So like if if you're a super fox, you could dress like a Playboy bunny or if you believe like as I don't know what I look like so I would dress as a Playboy bunny not uh, and be perfectly happy about it by the way it's like do you want this if you don't want this that's fine <laughs> well, but I mean, I'm that's the great thing about Dragon Con actually yeah, right because yes. it's super open yeah. and everybody's like because whenever you see somebody who you know like they're like that person doesn't isn't fit enough to wear that or they're not super hot and you're like what do you care don't 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 harsh well, their jam, man. And, I mean, um, I mean, the, 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 inter- the, the inner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it. It works. Uh, I was just talking to some cosplayers. Uh, we just did a, a Marvel Becoming episode, uh, which is one of the series I produce, and we did a Captain Marvel episode. And there were some, you know, like the the internet is mean. Yeah. And I told them, I told the, I, yes, and I told the girls, I was like, stop reading the comics. Comments a, don't ever read the comments unless Whatever. you're unless you're really willing to like. No matter how thick your skin is, it's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, and and if people are saying mean things about it, it means you're doing it right. That means you're doing something great. That means you're standing up for yourself. Yeah. And that you're proving to the young girls out there or boys or whoever that if they're not comfortable in their own skin, that that they can do it too. And right. that is why it's important. So yeah. Don't read the comments. <laughs> don't read the comments. I do stand-up comedy. Uh if whenever I do a show and and they put it on YouTube, uh, I, I'm like, why would you even turn the comments on? Why why we got to do that? And so uh, I have either a friend or my husband will read uh, my comments and then he'll cherry pick the ones. He was like, you should hear this nice one. And then uh, I was like, are there bad ones? Can I should I go look? And he's like, do not look. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but on the whole, uh, yeah, don't read the comments because it's it's unnecessary. Just your friends will tell you that it's nice. So it's all good. Okay, so patterns. There's It's blowing up. Yes. And you, okay, you buy a pattern. You open it up. Yes. You have given, is it those thin papers Is that the weird thin paper? And then you spend a lot of times like fumbling yourself through the, through the mall because there's like hundred stacks of them and you have right. to cut out the one size that you need. Yes. That's, oh, the, it, that's the part I hate about patterns. Okay. So they all come, there's many sizes in one pattern. Yes. Okay. So, uh, like, uh, if I'm a size 14 or 12, um, there will be both a 12 and a 14 in there. Correct. Usually it's like six through 10 oh, and then 10 through like 16 or something. Oh, like I that. get it. That makes sense. They, and then within the pattern, there's like different lines and then you cut. And usually for anyone who buys a pattern, they upsize, just upsize because uh, if you make it too a little bit too large, granted some things that you sew, if you make it too large, you're going to have an issue. <laughs> but like a, like a buddy suit pattern. But um, if you make it, too small, and it's, you're and too screwed. small. You basically you have to put like a, a, a like you have to cut an additional piece in that. Now there's a, a, a line and the extra right. seam in your thing, and then you're frustrated. Also, Better to correct from bigger than smaller. If you are using anything that is not cheap fabric, you've never made a thing like this before. Make a mock up. Always make a mock up. Oh, get some mock-up. muslin. Okay. Get a muslin. Make a mock up because then you can put it on. Honestly, the, this is this is about building time in your schedule. Yeah. You make that mock up, and then you like if you're sewing with leather, you, once you cut, you can't go back. Right. Like. Right. Right. So, and it's so expensive, I guess. Yes. I mean, yeah. How much I'm, is a yard of yard? Well, so you buy. <laughs> what do you buy? It goes so. by the square foot. Thank so you, you buy like. So when you buy like a hide, if you buy like a goat hide or like a sheepskin hide, it's right. like, you know, you get like uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say the right number, but it's usually like fifty, sixty dollars for a hide. But okay. A, a cow hide will be like two hundred dollars. Oh God. Okay. And, and also, how much do you need to make a shirt? Would, do you know. Well, like a, a shirt, you probably need like three or so because you can't use the outside edges of a hide. You can only use the inside, and like there's all the stuff. Oh. So uh, actually, the the reason why I learned how to sew with leather and fur, although obviously uh, don't necessarily recommend the the terribleness of it all, but um, sometimes a, a costume or something, or you want to 
I, I, I took millinery class. This is the, the where I actually really. Where are you taking these classes? So FIT, which is a, a CUNY school in New York City. Okay. Um, and I think there's there must be one here in LA. But what does F stand for? Uh, fashion. Fashion Institute <laughs> of Technology. Fair enough. I fair enough. So actually... there's probably a fashion school in probably every large metropolitan area. Yes. So I went to Parsons for uh, a photo. I went for a, that was my college. Um, Parsons is really well known as a, a fashion school, and okay. so if you go to New York for fashion. There are like two main schools. There is Parsons, which yep. is a, a bajillion dollars. And there's um, FIT, which if you're a New York State resident, is a CUNY school system. It is an affordable option. Oh, that's great. And they both teach distinctly different fashion schools of thought. So like Parsons is specifically known as sportswear. And when we think of sportswear in fashion, it's like uh, sportswear is like what we're wearing right now. So like um, – oh. Like oh, Tommy so Hilfiger. Yes. Just casual wear. Yes. So it's basically like sportswear or like couture. There's a lot more options in that world. Yeah. But those are the like. The two bigs. So if you want to learn how to do couture or if you want to learn how to do. Granted, if you do couture, you have to go to Europe and learn. But, but if you want to do like that or like dresses or like wedding dresses or yeah. like accessories, uh, FIT has specific programs for that. Oh, that's interesting. So FIT has a uh, master's in accessories, which mm-hmm. includes all accessories. So that's shoes, hats belts, bags, anything like that. But as part of that, they do a certificate in millinery, which is hat making. Yes. And so uh, my I grew up my father loving hats. Uh, he's a big hat guy. Okay. And then I, uh, uh, alongside cosplay, there's an entire community of historical costuming. Oh, right, right. Which, like like the SCA people, but but uh, in cosplay world. Yeah, but like they're, they're like, um, now because it's exploded. There are like these events that you go to, like slightly off topic. There's these events you can go to for like Rococo or Regency or Civil War or like Revolutionary where people wear costumes and they, and like we went to one for Regency and we learned how to dance. And it was actually unbelievably so much fun. Oh, I that had, sounds great. Like you wear like a Regency dress and yep. you go in the afternoon and they teach you the dances and then you go to the ball in your gown <laughs> and everyone dances together and there's wine and, and like food. Oh my God, it was amazing. Anyways, uh, highly recommend. Okay, so this this makes me uh, want to weed off again, of course, uh, is the, the difference between cosplay and LARPing, live action role playing games. Oh, so most people when they're in cosplay are not in character. Okay. That's the distinct difference. Thank you. There we go. There now, are people within the cosplay community when they're in costume will be a little into it. Like Tony Stark's do this a lot or like, but typically if you're standing around hanging out with people in costume, you're all just being yourself. Right. You're just talking. Yes. Right. Because uh, my uh, husband and a lot of his friends uh, do a lot of LARPing. So uh, it's just game. And I've always described it as um, a costume party with game mechanics. Yeah. It's like live action gameplay. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So um, the... Um, so back to patterns. Yes. And so now you're working with leather and fur, and but you're taking a hat class. There we go. Let, I'm back to yes. hats. So uh, I what wanted, kind of hats are you making? So, so it was like uh, it's they're they're night classes for adults, and they're like so I, I did it for th- for three years where I took one class every like a spring semester and then a fall semester, and you're learning a wide range of like patterning. So this is really where I learned how to pattern like like draft and pattern. Oh, okay. Where you basically to learn make how, the pattern. Like you yeah you like cut out paper and you use patterns you have. So usually what I do when I pattern now is I take something that I have and I make my own pattern. Uh, like for Captain Marvel, when I do stuff like that, I take my pattern and then I basically make a mock-up, draw it all out on my body, take it all off, cut it all up, and then make my own pattern. And that's a, that's a mix of like using a pattern that you've already bought, which okay. is already pre-made. So like a, a, bandic, a, a, a spandex bodysuit pattern, there's tons of them now. Use that as your basics because they're they're obviously going to fit this generic body type that doesn't right. exist. So you can take <laughs> it and you can shorten it. Like I'm, I have a, a short torso, so you can shorten your torso, or you can like elongate the legs, or short the legs, or like shorten the arm. Well, you know, like whatever. And, and and you find out when you start sewing for yourself that you have a shortened torso. You're like, thank you for this fun fact. <laughs> well, I've always known I'm a short human being. Oh, well, a short person. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, that's uh, that's hilarious though, because the because what you can learn about yourself when you start making clothes for yourself is what looks good on you. And what hangs right and what kind of fabric makes you look sort of the best, right? Is that that happening? And and also, like, as you're learning how to sew, you're learning um, uh, what fabrics are. Because, you know, up until, like, like 100 years ago, uh, things like polyester uh, didn't exist. So basically, all the things that used to exist were, like, cottons and silks and, like, leathers and furs and stuff like that. And What is linen? Linen is a you know, cotton. Is it cotton? <laughs> yes. Okay. Linen and is what cotton. is muslin? 
Muslin is also cotton. It's the. I, is um, it the weave? Someone could tell me differently. Yeah, it's basically the weave. Okay. Yeah. It's the quality of the of the thread okay. and how it's weaved. Okay. Fair I, enough. I believe that that is accurate. You believe that that is the the, the definition. Of I that, would never say extent. that I would uh, necessarily be the uh, best uh, <laughs> fabric person. Definitely, a lot of my friends who went to FIT and ended up becoming like. Some of them still work. Some of them work in fashion. Some of them don't. Right. Um. But they like are so much more knowledgeable about fabrics than Patrick I. Brady, who does the audio for this program. Uh, his wife, uh, I believe, went to FIT and is in the fashion industry. Oh, so that's cool. very. So I don't know. I know that Patrick has been uh, editing these for uh, low these twelve years. I don't know <laughs> if he's still listening. <laughs> Hey, Patrick, you out there? Why don't you pipe up? Tell me if Caitlin's uh, still working. Uh, what's she doing? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, so, the, and, and it was through like all these different classes at FIT that I learned like basic, like much more intense hand sewing stuff. I actually really love like hand detailing. Okay. So like hand sewing, I learned basically how to fit things, um, like learning how to different, like the different um, needles and things on your sewing machine, like all this stuff that like you, obviously if you went to like school for it, you would yeah. learn it. And my mother knew it knew a lot of it but like she basically was sort of like learn it yourself like here's some basic <laughs> thing <laughs> my mother worked full time so it was when she right. had time to like but um, she sounds amazing by the way and then and then uh, as as with anyone who is amazing she's just like at this point you're just keep going you're good and uh, yeah. <laughs> I have taught you how to ride a bike <laughs> now just bike <laughs> yeah, yeah fair enough when I mean that's that's the thing about anything when you talk about art or writing or whatever it's about doing it more just so more make more because you're only going to learn from your mistakes if you sew more like the things that every person who sews and i'm sure every cosplayer has like a thing that they hate like right for some reason sleeves sleeves like attaching the sleeve to yeah. the to the body being in my existence sometimes sometimes i can sew it on and it is literally the most perfect thing in the world and sometimes i sew it on and i have to take it off four times oh my gosh also zippers on like uh spandex bodysuits and th there are times where i call my mom i'm like hey i'm having issues with like this <laughs> like um can you help me um and she'll be like yeah like sometimes when you sew can she talk you through it or she has to actually hands-on help no she, like i'll call her because she lives in michigan and i live in new york right. so i'll okay. call her or i'll like email her and she'll send me like Actually, she she does not know how to like. Not that she's not computer technology savvy, she actually is. But I don't think she quite understands YouTube. So, um, right. uh, so she'll she literally just like talk me through it. So oh, fair enough. Um, but like lately, I haven't made a, um some things and, and like uh I I made a costume earlier this year and I just like nowadays with spandex bodysuits because some people like some people have certain materials that they just can't. Get, like it doesn't make sense to them when they're sewing. Okay. Um, like for a lot of people, spandex is very tricky. But like for some unknown reason, spandex just makes sense to me. It just I just get it. Is it because uh, spandex is literally the 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 stretchy yes, stuff? It either right? comes in like two or four way stretch. Um, and and uh, I think the trick is is you can get this like matte spandex that's like a thick a slightly thicker like material than the typical spandex that you okay. would think of. And uh, it a it looks better in a bodysuit because it's not like that weird shiny stuff. Yeah. And it's thicker, so it's easier to work with. Obviously, okay. you don't want too thick because your sewing machine will then like like right. vomit it out. <laughs> but it gives it. It's more easy. It's easier to work with. Okay. And when you're making a bodysuit, are you make are you literally making like a jumpsuit? Yes. Like ankle to to sleeves, or. And then just one piece with a zip up the back or up the front or something. So, uh, so like or the uh, side. My cat. Let's. Uh, my Captain Marvel bodysuit is a good example. So it's it's a one one piece suit. Okay. With a zipper up the front. Okay. Um. So I can physically get in and out of myself without asking someone to unzip me after every time I need to use the bathroom. Exactly. Also, uh, uh, just like as a side note, th there are people within the cosplay community that are like meticulous to the detail of whatever is like on screen or uh, on page. I would rather wear something that is functional. So there are definitely <laughs> some things that like. Oh, uh, oh, right. So Canon is not, you're like, it, it'll be fine. The, yes. You get what I'm doing here. I mean, yes. Because like I've made costumes like the material, that, that color material doesn't exist in this world. So I'm just going to make a slight variation of it so that I don't have to spend $1,000 on fabric or right. dye it. I can just get it done. Now yeah. there are people out there and it's totally great that they are so like, they're like this color. That's their thing. This yeah. is the exact fabric that this thing like... Um, like uh, a friend of mine who makes costumes for a living made one of the wedding dresses from the Game of Thrones. The and so she found wow. the material that the that Game of Thrones used. Yeah, and it was 
$180 a yard. Okay. Um, so she instead pan-painted the flowers <laughs> on this dress. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that's, uh, that is a commitment that I can only applaud. But there's a lot of people, well, the trick is if you're, uh, obviously that was like a, like a swirly detail, so you, you couldn't, but you can buy, uh, you make a stamp. Oh, okay. And if you need to like do a repetitive thing, you can stamp. Also, there are things called like spoon flower, which you can go online. They don't have a, as wide variety of like fabric types, but you can make a custom like pattern. Yeah. Upload it up to spoon flower and you can print out your, the fabric that you specifically need. Oh, wow. These are all things that did not exist when I was on this guy's like 10 years ago. Yes. Yeah, 12 years ago. So things like Spoonflower, which um, uh, quilters use, obviously. It's a big quilt like that that world. But you can now use it in cosplay and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, Andy, my husband, is a game designer. And he has written uh, something called The Hero Instant. It is an uh, online RPG tabletop game where you create a hero in an instant. And um, it could be any hero. It's he's he's worked on all the powers and and it's free. It's just at theheroinstant.com. Little did he know that that's spelled heroin. Anyway, in the <laughs> middle right there. <laughs> and uh, but he it's uh, he's got all the charts and all the all the things. I don't know if you do any much tabletop playing, but he certainly does. And he invented it so that uh, that I might want to make a character because that's my least favorite part of D&D and champions and all the things is uh, spending a lot of time making a character. So the hero, you can make it quick, but he has been trying to, um, he, he wants to publish a hardcover book because people want a book and he wants pictures of cosplayers dressed as the character that they would create. And so he could go to Spoon, um, what what is it? Well, Spoonflower is just where they print the fabric. Oh, it prints the fabric. So you would have to have a pattern, and then you would upload the pattern to Spoonflower, and then they would print the fabric, and then you would need someone to assemble it. Yes. This type of thing. Oh, all right. We're just looking into a future well, uh, that doesn't exist yet. What's also interesting, like, it, this is, it, it, my friends and I, who all are, like, uh, a wide ranging of late 20s to 40s. Right. Who have been cosplaying for, like, I've been cosplaying for f- 16 years, um, but I have friends who've been doing it since, like, the late 90s. So... It, back in the day, we talk. We we have these like moments where we're all like, "Where's that old?" But um, <laughs> wigs were unbelievably unaccessible. Accessible most of the time. You used your own hair. Yeah. You like spray painted your hair, or yeah. you bought like a shitty wig from China that took like twenty months to show up, or like right. a Halloween wig. Yeah. There are things that have made cosplay substantially accessible. Yeah. Wigs is one of those. Um, wigs like custom built fabrics, thermal plastics, like all of these things that have changed cosplay and there's like a moment we're all like man you remember the day when we couldn't do that thing and now we now like all these people do it and also like obviously like photography same thing like um when i was taking pictures of of people uh from like uh 2009 to about like 2015 which more or less i still do it but i don't really do it on this level now right um when i i'm gonna use quotations retired uh uh there were like four female photographers okay there were very few of us there were very few people that did um what we call like paid shoots so basically i would charge like 30 dollars an hour yeah this what's a paid shoot so basically you pay a photographer to to, to take your like photo. headshots yeah so it, it's basically a guarantee that you're going to get your photo a photo of you nowadays cosplay is all about photos okay so you can make that costume and i want to say this to people out there who don't really know about cosplay this is not a requirement for cosplay right. um there is sort of this weird expectation now that if you want to be famous on instagram or whatever that you have to have great photos of yourself um yes if that's a thing if you want it to be a business if that if you having a really good photo of yourself matters if you want to make a costume and you want to wear it to a con do it yeah and if no one takes your photo don't be broken hearted about it because most people at the con nowadays like like everyone is has pre-scheduled shoots and all oh, these things and oh, it's become expectation an, that that you're dressing it so that you can't so people do want to take your photo yes and oh. and there are still great people like i'm part of this uh uh cosplay captain marvel like cosplay group that's like people around the world and this girl posted like i'm wearing this and a lot of them have been like fine using like found materials or like buying suits and that's fine one of the girls goes well i'm wearing this thing but i don't think anyone's going to want to take my photo and i'm like think th- i think that's such bullshit like you should cosplay because you love that character yeah. Because the first few things that I wore, no one ever took pictures of me. And I used to get like really, and I'm friends with all these like, I'm going to use quotations, famous cosplayers. (laughs) But they are like, like one of my really good friends is Yaya Han. And like, 
Yeah, and, and so people want to take their photo. And What's the name of the famous cosplay? Oh, Yaya Han. Han, H-A-N? Uh, it's Y-A-Y-A, and then her last name is H-A-N, Han. Okay, and, and she is on Instagram, and people could go look at her stuff? Yes. Okay, uh, that's neat. Yeah, Yaya was on this show called Cosplay, uh, Heroes of Cosplay on Sci-Fi. It was this reality show that, that Sci-Fi did. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it's, so Yaya has been cosplaying for like 20 plus thousand years. And yeah. like, you know, through her, and I, uh, through her, like, I've met all these other people, um, and like when you're with them, people want to take pictures of them. And so then you feel like, especially if you're Lesser in a group, yeah. yeah. And, and you should never feel like that. That is, and I, I've wrestled with that because I've always done like that random character that no one cares about. But then over the years I made friends with photographers. And so then I can like, and they know me as a photographer. So I'll walk up to them and they'll be like, Hey, do you want a photo? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. And, and so I, I feel like this is, I never want to feel like there is any gatekeeping or like walls for people to cosplay because you should do what you love. Yeah. And you that should, you should try to dress as the, dress as a character you want to cosplay. Yes. That's, and then, then there's the joy in that. That's like, I mean, it is like stand up where you, some people do stand up for cash and prizes and you're like, if you don't like doing it, please, for the love of God, find something you do like. Because uh, have you ever stood next to Maria Bamford for uh, an entire career? Because nobody cares about me. Uh, <laughs> they like me. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, it's it's because she's amazing. She's a, a genius and she's a, she's writing a stand-up that is uh, groundbreaking and wonderful. And uh, and I'm her friend. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I want to hang out with her, which is why I hang out with her. And uh, But so I completely understand it. And so, yeah, so if you're standing next to someone who's really good at cosplay here's the, here's something is this is this true because this is true of stand-up if you're if you get to hang out with really good cosplayers your game will rise you'll like all bolts will rise so you'll get to learn things from them you'll get to see what they're doing and if they like you take that as kind of a win because that's neat You've made friends with somebody who's really good at something. Well, yeah, I mean, like, and people like Yaya or Jessica Negri or uh, like uh, like Hemwe cosplay, like these cosplayers. I mean, there's so many. There's so many of them now. Um, they, you know, if they have the time and they have, you know, like a. Uh, uh, one of our, our Marvel Becoming cosplayers, Beverly Donan, uh, uh, she's based out of Seattle, like uh, out of Portland. She, people, she's always like, message me on on Instagram and like, if I can help you out, I can help you out. Like, oh yeah, these all these cosplayers are so great and willing to like help you out and be so sociable. Like, you know, Jessica Negri is such a great example of someone who's so personable with her fans. And people are nice. And what I think should be taken out, like. That's a good point, Jakey, of like being friends with someone who's great at what they do. Yeah. They're, I've had Yaya teach me how to use Warbla, and I am terrible at Warbla. What is Warbla? Warbla is a thermoplastic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I've literally had me like, she basically be like, because you basically heat it with a heat gun and yeah. then like you shape it into things and then it hardens. <laughs> and I'm always like afraid of it to burn my hand. And she's like, no, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> you know, and, and like, you know, people like Beverly or um, other cosplayers like Lee Hurley of Hurley Effects, who does these, he did our Thanos in our group cosplay. Like they're also willing to like help you out if you have a weird question about like foam or whatever. But also watching them interact with people in person, I think is really important. Like, because I, I always talk about this, that you know, celebrities are celebrities, right? They're not accessible. You look at like Brad Pitt or like, yeah, you pick you like know, the fanciest person, Brie Larson. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they're not accessible. You're never going to meet them. They're like the dream worlds, but cosplayers on the internet and like um, in, influencers, I'm going to use that word, um, are accessible, right? Because they're on in this weird, this new age of world where like we're, f we're, um, uh, we we can socialize with them and we can post on their photo and right. then maybe they'll respond to us because they maybe they've done that before, so it makes them much more accessible. Yeah, yeah. And so celebrityness with those people is different, and. I feel like if you ever, if you, that's the thing you really want to do. If you want to become like an influencer or a famous cosplayer, which is totally doable, totally possible is a thing that exists. What is an influencer? Uh, someone I'm, who makes money posting things on the internet. The, the, I, mean, I don't actually know if that's the right term for but, it, but, but that's that, what I That gonna... feels like that's what it is. I think somebody asked Maria if she would do it. And she was like, what if I just like something or not? And then I post it and then you didn't know. And <laughs> <laughs> she's like, and then Diet Coke is happy that I just like Diet Coke or whatever. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, everyone's watching nowadays. Everyone's watching whatever you do. So, like, it's right. So she she's like, you don't have to pay me to like Diet Coke. I enjoy Diet Coke. We don't. We well, that's when it becomes tricky when you have to do the cash I get. Yeah, yeah. 
So I, I don't know. I mean, like I, I have some followers on the internet, uh, obviously nowhere to the nearest to some of the cosplayers that I know, but the way that they interact with people, A, they do really give a lot of themselves to these, to yeah. the fans, which yeah. is so phenomenal to watch, like to watch like a young girl who like is new to cosplay wearing her first costume or using the, you know, like Yaya has fabric with Joanne. So like, uh, so like wearing the fabric or coming up to Jessica Negri or going up to these young, to these like well-known cosplayers and having that moment where they're like, Oh my God, I really like the thing you do. And the, and then being like, Oh, it's so great that you like, let's take a selfie. Like yeah. that is like one of the, that's the reason why I cosplay. That's why I love cosplay so much. Cause the, the community, every community can have shitty people. And we've always been there. Yes. And, and, and we've all been there where, where you go up and you meet someone who you admire their work and you're like, I'm, I'm so sorry that I, that I talk like this. Uh, I just uh, wanted to say that you really affected me and I think you're great. And whenever anybody says that to somebody that is famous around me or to me uh, occasionally, whatever, I want to be as supportive as I can because I've been that person. And that's the coolest part about what sounds like, like the famous cosplayers who are like, we're all playing. This is a fun thing that we're doing. Well, and they're standing up for a thing that like when I first started talking about cosplay at, at Marvel and I used to like be like, Hey, can we do posts? Can we do these things? Can we do videos? And back in the day they were like, that's funny. You get, into costume and you're adults <laughs> and nowadays i mean obviously the minute a business can see can see this possible profit in it right. it changes it changes the game right um and 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 you know scenes like more and more like brands will will support their fans obviously which is great video games is really good with supporting cosplayers and doing events and costumes like that and and i've i've worked with marvel for a very long time and they really support me and the different people that i work with like for marvel becoming and like stuff like that so it's really great um uh but but like the, the people that have that are now online experiencing you know the 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 excitement and the backlash because you know all things have backlash right like people like yaya and like jessica and different stuff like that like they are the 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 forefront of uh of changing the tide for what how people experience and cosplay. yeah and i think that that is so important and that and that is why i'm so proud to say that i like know these girls and these yeah. boys because there's boys too yeah uh that have that have changed the game because they and they and you know in the in the midst of it all you don't when you're the first you don't really get it just seems too much pressure yeah and most people don't want to be the first yeah and I, I think so it's willing to be the first is a huge thing and I yeah and I I, I like will support all these all these people as much as I can either personally or and I think that's what's great about this community is that you know it's you can learn a skill you can learn a hundred skills like all these right. things I've learned yeah. That has nothing to do with my job, which is totally okay. Right. By the way, I am talking to Judith Stevens. Let me just uh, tell people oh, yeah. who the hell we're talking to. <laughs> uh, the Women of Marvel podcast. And uh, it's at OMG underscore DJ underscore Judy. Uh, how long have you been at uh, Marvel? 13 years. 13 years. And what did you start doing? And now now you have a podcast there. Uh, so I uh, was going to school photography. Digital was suddenly a thing. Uh, nowadays, digital is everything. I literally saw the jobs that I wanted to do die. So I became a, uh, was taking side classes while at school in graphic design, web design. Okay. And I interned in 06 with uh, Marvel.com, which was two guys in a closet. Sure. And uh, through there, uh, I ended up playing on the softball team. Okay. Uh, they had used to have a softball team team and uh, uh, I played softball for eight years of my life so that was my prerequisite to that right um, and through them I met like ba back then there used to be maybe like 200 people 300 people that worked at Marvel so this is 06 Marvel filed for bankruptcy in 99 as a good context to if you're thinking about going to see Endgame shortly right. uh, think about in, in 1999 when Marvel filed for bankruptcy how different the world has changed yes so in 2006 um, they were still really small uh, Iron Man hadn't come out yet was until 08 okay um and so uh, I was basically playing softball with like the CEO, like right. like people would like like uh, uh, the editor in chief at the time, uh, Joe Joe Casada would sometimes come down and watch games. So right. I'm hubnubbing with these like dudes right. and some girls, and um, but the, dudes m mostly mostly <laughs> yes. dudes. And uh, there was a temp gig for data entry opening while I during my summer between my junior and senior year, and I picked it up and uh, uh, data entered for a bit and then moved to a, a different like temp job and then moved to a different temp job while well, I was still going to school. And then I graduated college and they were more like, okay, we're going to have a full-time job for you, but you just have to hold tight. I graduated right into the recession. 
Oh God, of course. As an artist. Yes. Yeah, so I just held tight. <laughs> I just held tight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I was hired full time in January, 2008. And, uh, uh, some point in that year we went out for like drinks, like something. And I went up to one of the main VPs and I was like, Hey, I take photos. Can I take photos at cons for you guys? You guys don't have a con photographer. Right. And he was like, yeah, if you want to, Judy. <laughs> and I was like, cool. So then I, I took like, photos. I'm going to need $60 per con. Is that okay? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, take it, go. Yeah. <laughs> so I took photographs at New York Comic Con. I mean, it's literally like, I mean, I don't even know if I, I mean, I was salaried. So I was probably right. just paid whatever I right, paid. Exactly. And I just worked you extra. For yourself. Same thing now, but it's fine. Did you put them up on their website though? And Yes. So to- back then, oldmarvel.com, circa yeah. 2008, uh, shot at New York Comic Con for them. Uh, it wasn't the thing that it is now, 11 years later. Um, and, Nothing is. I know. <laughs> uh, and then got invited to go out to San Diego Comic Con in 2009, and it was this amazing moment. Sure. And that year, uh, I went and took photographs at uh, what would become the first Women of Marvel panel. It was not called the Women of Marvel panel. It was called, we did a book. Uh, we did a book that year, and we wanted to do a panel that, that uh, basically everyone on the book was a woman. Okay. And we've had books like that before, but it was like a thing, and we wanted to celebrate it. And right. so uh, we, we did a panel. And from that, we were like, oh, that was cool. Let's do it again next year. Now, I wasn't like in charge of the panels or like involved with the panels until a couple years later. Um, and Sana Amanat, who's my co-host, she uh, she's one of the co-creators on Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Right, and I didn't get to meet her. Cause I know she wasn't here because she's right. too important, being busy, important. Uh, <laughs> actually, another time. Actually, she's like moving, and then she went on vacation, and right, she's right. like living her life. Right, she, she just do. has a life. She's fine. Yeah, <laughs> perfectly uh, nice lady. And so, uh, a couple years later, I mean, every year I would go and take photographs, and maybe two or three years later, I, at San Diego, I was like, "Hey, like, you know, I I think this panel is such a great idea. What I think is, is it possible that I can speak on the panel to talk about?" if you want to work at Marvel, but you don't want to work in comics. Mm, okay. And so they were like, cool. So at the time I was a web designer. Mm-hmm. And so I started little HTML, little HTML, little HTML, uh, like uh, a, a little designing a little, I did a lot of the emails, which I did not, well, the pressure of sending an email to like <laughs> 5 million people is oh like intense. <laughs> like clicking sent and you just, yes. Don't, right, so the, the dork forest email list, 1000 people. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> yeah. And I never use it. Anyway, I mean to go. Um, so, uh, uh, along the way, Sana Amanat started, uh, she's been here for like nine, eight, nine years. Um, and so, uh, in 2012, which is, uh, this year is, uh, we're talking about 2012 a lot, 2012, uh, Kelly Stutikonik, uh, Jamie McKelvey, um, uh, Steve Wacker came together and to Carol Danvers, who is, uh, would, was Miss Marvel into Captain Marvel. Right. And at this moment, um, it changed the way, like, communities – I feel like that was, like, the moment of, like, Tumblr and everything suddenly exploded. Like, that's when Instagram came out. All these things started where, like, suddenly you could be a community online more than just a forum. Okay. And I think uh, for so long, for, y- for, for for people who never read comics, getting into the forums is, like, a really tricky – forums are complicated. I don't know. You know. Yeah, yeah. I was never into forums. But yeah. – um, uh, But they're super supportive once you get in. But it, it, it was a bit of a – it's just a learning curve. It, it, it's like, yeah, it's like trying to learn how to jump into a, a double dodge jump. It's trying rock. to understand Reddit. I still don't understand Reddit. Yeah, Reddit is, uh, it's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Someone will, someone will send you a link if you need to see something. Exactly. That's what my coworkers <laughs> are for. So uh, in 2012, Captain Marvel exploded. Uh, I ended up making the costume. I really like loved the support of the Carol Corps. Kelly Sue basically more or less helped yeah. with Kelly, the Carol Corps. And that year, um, uh, we saw this like wealth of uh, support at the panel. And at that point I had started, Sana and I started predominantly taking it over. And then in 2014, we came back from like San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con. We were like separately, Sana and um, uh, one of her other editors, Janine um, Schaefer. And then I, with uh, one of my other coworkers, AJ Cohen, we both separately were like, what if we did a podcast uh-huh. called The Woman of Marvel? And so we all, the whole four of us came together in uh, 2014 um, and uh, released our first episode in June. And uh, basically like at the beginning, I didn't know how to do audio at all. I taught myself how to, I wouldn't say I was a great audio editor by any means. No. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now I have a, an amazing uh, audio team, uh, Brandon and Persia, who make me sound great. Me, Kisana, yeah. and I sound lovely. 
Um, and then yell at me when we go off topic. Uh, like having an audio producer in the room telling you that you're like being too loud or too quiet is like literally the best thing in the world. Right, right. Yeah, having a team. <laughs> yeah. A team is a good idea. But I, I understand like for so long, for the first like three years, three and a half years, I we Sana and I were just doing this on our own. Like right. eventually Janine left. She moved out here to LA um, to be a mom. And then now she's working at, I believe, boom. Uh, she's working at a big comic shop. Uh, she's back into comics again. And Adri eventually got promoted and had so much work that she just didn't have the time anymore. Okay. So, so Son and I took it. And at the beginning, we had these grand ideas of these things we wanted to do, like amazing roundtables where we talked to women from all over the industry about different topics. And at the beginning, it was always about celebrating the the female celebrating women that have worked in the industry that work in the industry that have always we've always yeah. we've always been here we've always yeah. been reading comics um and then from there celebrating the fans that have come out of you know obviously anyone who grew up in the late 80s early 90s remember the animated cartoons and anyone you talk to who grew up in like the 60s and the 70s remember like hulk and like things like that the live action too yeah so we all have that history of nostalgia and yeah. and so nowadays by all these films and video games and TV shows the nostalgia is like racketed up but then also like meeting people who through like their uh, significant other or their friends have discovered film like the movies and stuff like that and so now it's about celebrating overall the community and the fandom of Women of Marvel and so this year which is like a big to do like it's our fifth year anniversary in June and it's uh, and it'll be our 200th episode in July and then it, uh, it'll is it be, once a week uh, it's bi-weekly now okay so it's every other week with some specials we've done some uh, we've done a couple like big specials because of, of yeah. Captain Marvel uh, Marvel Studios Captain Marvel coming out we did like a bunch of big specials this year I got to talk to Brie Larson it was very exciting well that is exciting mm-hmm. um, so that's more or less how Women of Marvel started and so San and I like uh, once a month we all get together with the team and we throw ideas at a wall and uh, some of them stick and some of them you know are challenging was that the first podcast that Marvel had no uh, there was a podcast uh, that existed uh, one of the one of the graphic designers he had a podcast that I think it's still on Marvel.com and I cannot remember what it's called. Is it about the art? Mm, it was just about like what was going on in Marvel and like okay. comics and he would have different people in the office on. Um, and then maybe like se- seven years ago, I, uh, when did Ryan start doing This Week in Marvel? So This Week in Marvel started I think in like 2012. Okay. Maybe 2013. And that is a weekly podcast that Ryan Panagos, um, along with hit one of his uh, co-hosts and guests, uh, will – and Ryan has like – in the beginning, it was Ben Morse, who's moved out to Vegas. And now it's, uh, we have Jamie, um, who uh, – that who joins him every week. And they talk about what's going on in Marvel. So it's, it's, it's like a – What's happening in Marvel? What are all the comics? What are we talking about? Um, who uh, is is there like a big event going on? Like we've sort of got- like an overarching Marvel kind we- of one where it can be movies, comic books, correct. All of it, and then we right, have TV. we have we have guests every week, and they are arranged from our comic creators to uh, I, I produce the videos of this. Is why I know a lot. Oh, about okay, this. I was going to say, uh, yeah. So we do. So nowadays we support our podcast with, with video. So they're either like quick teasers uh, that's like, hey, go listen to this now, or they're like pullouts of a great interview that we did with like different people. So, so like, there's three main, but or, or there's two main. You you and the so and there's the, so now we have four podcasts that we do. Um, we have Women of Marvel. Yep, and then we have Marvel. Voices, which is with our um, host Angelique Rocher, and she talks to uh, uh, people of color and of diversity within the industry and fans and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Very in depth interviews. Um, we have This Week in Marvel, which is weekly, and then we have Marvel's The Polis, which is basically like what comics literally Ryan and his co-host Tucker read every single Marvel comic that comes out that week and then they talk about it. Isn't that insane? Sometimes we produce anywhere from 80 to 100 books a month. Oh, I so know. That my means- pull list has 35 comic books a, a month. And so I'm not reading. The things I'm not reading... Uh, <laughs> They, they probably outnumber the things I am reading, but I still feel like I'm reading a shit ton of comics. <laughs> yeah, so ra- what Ryan and Tucker do is pretty mind-boggling. That is mind-boggling. And a comic book is, it, you can read it in 20 minutes, but if you have to read 80 of them. But you have to retain the information. You, and take notes, probably. You're not spending 20 minutes just going, oh, I like this Doctor Strange. And you have to like, <laughs> the thing that always I struggle, I hate names. I'm very, very bad with names. Mm-hmm. The fact that you like, and we always want to make sure we credit the, the creators on, on the books from yeah. the writer to the to the pencilist to the ink to the color that means ryan and tucker have to remember all these people's names and how to pronounce them because we have all these international creators and we never right. want to misspell their mispronounce their name right, right. you don't want to 
be banana heads. Yeah, it's but that's fascinating. It's uh, so okay. Uh, we are pushing an hour, and I, I I put a nickel in you in the Marvel thing, so <laughs> that's all well and good. But let's talk. Uh, let's. So if uh, people want to get in, we I think this has been a great episode as far as telling people how that what they could do to get into cosplay if they wanted to get into it, and um, and and at any level. You know, I mean, there's there's the greatest level that you can go to, where all of a sudden you have created <laughs> an actual photon torpedo. Yeah. Congratulations! <laughs> if you could somehow scientifically create a, an arc reactor, are, knock yourself out. There are people who've done some pretty phenomenal things <laughs> in their life. It's pretty mind blowing. Yeah. So, but I love so what uh, in April are so you go to all the cons or many cons? Uh, what uh, what are you going to in in April and May and June? Um, what can you think of? What, what are you looking for? Forward to offhand uh, and- conventions. Um, so um, well, I'm going to WonderCon, but that's that's this upcoming weekend. So the podcasts are already be out. Um, I will definitely be seeing you. I'll be at San Diego Comic Con, uh, uh, which is in July in San Diego, um, and that is a. Do you have uh, a hotel room? I do. <laughs> Thankfully, well, working for Marvel good. Comics, oh, they right. do a lot of things yeah, for yeah, me, yeah, and that's turns one out. of the. It's very hard to get a hotel yeah. room. Every time they ask me to be on a panel, I'm like, "Is there a hotel room?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> no, just drive down from LA and then drive back. And I was like, that's eight hours right there. If, on if a, you don't on get a... stuck in crazy traffic, because literally all of LA picks itself, it goes down to San Diego exactly. for those five days. So what, what, it, and so it's, it's, it's usually a, like a two and a half, three hour drive, but on Comic-Con weekend, it's a four hour drive. And, uh, where am I going to, so I always say, is there parking and is there a hotel? And they always go, No. And I always say, well, keep me posted when there are those two things and I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, I will say, like San Diego Comic Con, if you can go, is a great experience. Uh, But it's not for everyone. I wouldn't say it is the most, I don't want to use the word accessible because it actually is really great for accessibility. They do really well. They have like uh, for uh, for people in wheelchairs or things like that. It actually is literally accessible. It's just really hard to get a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I went in, I think uh, I went in 2000. Three and I went in 2005 and uh, maybe 2007. I would take me like two years to gird my loins to make the trek down there because it's a madhouse. I did stand up once in a toy uh, in the dealer room in a in a toy fair, a toy box or toy. Oh really? Like a, that's kind a, of amazing. It was ridiculous. It was a, a it was a guy who loved. He worked with this toy company. He loved these toys on the Dork Forest, and he's like, "Hey, we're doing a stand up show uh, in." the dealer room in their setup. And I was like, so what are we going to do? Just like a Mr. Microphone and just shout at people and go, come back here and hear my Dune joke. And he's like, that is exactly what we'll be doing. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds <laughs> you- exactly like Avocado, by the way. <laughs> and we, but we all got free passes for doing it. And so uh, I think that was the last time I was there and I was like, too many people. And Oh man, it's, it's even more insane and bigger. And uh, yeah, but we, we do, Marvel has a huge booth. We're very well known on the yeah. floor. Uh, we do several cosplay events that I help organize. Oh, that's the weekend. Neat. So we do a, a photo op on Friday. So that's basically show up in a Marvel costume, walk the stage. Um, and then we do the costume contest on Saturday. Right. Um, and that's if you would like to compete in your costume, you're totally welcome to come in a Marvel costume. And then we do an adorable kids event on Sunday. I have uh, judged two cosplay costumes. One at something called Convergence in Minneapolis. Yes. And... The the thing that I remember from that is, and it was probably in two thousand six or seven, is they did a, a Doctor Who reimagined as all women. Oh, and so it was all the different doctors in all their different distinctive costumes, but uh, dressed in women in different period time periods, and then someone dressed as the TARDIS. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great thing and, in my cosplay. Yeah, it was great. And then uh, and now we hit. There's a woman Doctor Who, which is kind of neat. And then. Um, the the last one I did was I think it was up in the the Bay Area somewhere tiny con, so, super tiny like six hundred people and it was lovely and everyone and I was like the first time I, I I said I can't judge this I don't know anything about sewing and they said we'll have real people you're just we're getting you're get you're gonna do riffing you're the you're gonna be a talking head <laughs> and I said oh fair enough I can do that and I can like things. <laughs> And that's what I did on the second one too, which was up in the Bay Area. Yeah, we didn't talk about it, but like obviously it's a little bit a little bit more drama. But there is a huge world of people who compete, and that is literally a huge thing, and it is a big thing, and it there's a lot about a cosplay in that world, and that could be literally be an entire episode of its yeah, own. That's got to be about, the next like, episode when the next time you're in town, maybe. Uh, Judith, uh, J- can I call you Judy? 
You can call me Judy, yes. All right, whatever. But Judith Stevens, <laughs> I'm going to go because of the tone of voice. We're going to go Judith. Judith Stevens, you guys, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for doing the show. And everyone should uh, Instagram and Twitter at OMG underscore DJ underscore underscore Judy. OMG. OMG underscore DJ. You're right. The underscores are maddening. Uh, OMG underscore <laughs> DJ underscore Judy. It'll be in the notes. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. This was great. I love talking about cosplay. All right. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?